if you're giving your all all the time and constantly pushing as hard as you can, you're hitting this brick wall of 110% and trying to push farther. And that is an act of willpower and willpower doesn't last. Discipline lasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So, if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Hey everyone, and welcome to Flow Over Fear. And last week, I talked a little bit about uh, you know some of the obstacles to your dreams and how to overcome those. And one of those things was this idea of staying disciplined and staying consistent, which led me to talk a little bit about the 80% rule. And I wanted to dig in a little bit more into that today by sharing three reasons why you need to stop giving your all, like why you need to stop giving everything you've got all of the time. And this is an important uh, lesson because many of us get trapped and many of us get, get, get sucked in to this idea that we need to give 110% in order to be successful, that we need to go hard or go home or stay hard or do all these things to, to, to really, really succeed. And nothing can be farther from the truth. I mean, what we sacrifice when we give everything we've got, our time with our families, our health, our, you know, our best selves, our mental health, our welfare, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, and that happens on a lot of different, uh, in a lot of different ways. It happens in fitness. It happens in our business. It happens in, in our lives. And the way we can get around all of that is by not giving our all all the time and instead giving 80% consistently in whatever we choose to do. That gives us more energy. It gives us more capacity. It gives us a greater ability to pursue the things that we love. And in order to demonstrate this, I want to share with you um, a story about the Iron War. This, if you don't know what it is, if you're a triathlete, you know exactly what this is. Right when I said the Iron War, you know exactly what I was talking about. Uh, the Iron War was a, uh, a race between Mark Allen and Dave Scott. But there's a, 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 a pre-story to that, that that preempts it a little bit. And it involves the many uh, world Ironman World Championships that occurred before it, and uh, and leading uh, and during the 1980s, you know, the days of mullets, giant Oakley sunglasses, and bright neon colors. Uh, Mark Allen was a great triathlete, as was um, as was uh, Dave Scott, and Dave Scott was continuously winning races all throughout the 1980s. He was always winning the championship, and he was doing really, really great. And Mark Allen would be doing great at shorter course race stuff and things like that, but, and uh, even some of the bigger races, but he would always, every single year, fall short in the Ironman World Championship. He would start off strong, leading the pack of racers out of the water and onto the bike. And, uh, and sometime late into the bike or early into the run, every single year, he would start to run out of juice. He would start to, 
he would start to fall apart a little bit. He, other racers would start to pass him and he would end up losing the race or give up completely or give and, and uh, drop out of the race completely. And in 1989, Alan met with uh, Phil Maffetone, who was a physician and endurance coach who had a unique approach to Ironman training or to endurance training that involved heart rate. So by training with heart rate, an athlete could, uh, uh, could, could better manage their effort levels. And specifically, Maffetone had a formula that said, take 180 and you subtract your age. And what you get is your maximum aerobic heart rate. And more often than not, this heart rate level came out to be about 80% of maximum heart rate, somewhere around there. So you can kind of see where I'm going with this 80% rule, right? So by, uh, and so, so the theory was that by, by training underneath that heart rate that was about 80%, athletes could have the most optimal effect on their training and, and improve their race ability. And so Alan, Mark Allen implemented this strategy with discipline. And over the course of that year, he, he, uh, he trained under that heart rate. And one of the harder things was that he had to slow down a lot during training. And you know, when, when other triathletes are passing you in training during the course of that and, and, and running, you know, circles around you on the track, they were all wondering what the hell he was doing, why he was slowing down. What, you know, did he give up on the season? What happened? But here's the thing. He started getting faster under that heart rate. He started getting faster under that 80%, even with the same effort. And his 80% was becoming everybody else's 110%. Then he got to race day. And on race day, he matched Dave Scott step for step throughout the entire race. It was the most amazing race ever because they were literally head to head the entire time until the last five kilometers. Once they reached that last five kilometer point, Alan proved that he had a little bit more in the tank, that he had more to give. And he put the hammer down and he started, he started running faster and he dropped Dave Scott five kilometers to the end. And he won the race in world record time. His 80% became everybody else's 110% so that he could tap into that extra, extra 110% when he needed it most during the race. And then he proceeded to win the next five world championships after that. And there's a lesson in all of that, that when you have the urge or when, you, when, you're, when you're given the message that you need to give your all, all the time, don't listen to it. And instead, give 80% consistently because that's the path to success. That's the path to results. And that doesn't just happen in triathlon. It happens. It can happen in anything. You know, you need to give yourself the capacity to rest. So the three reasons that I want to share today of why you want to stop giving your all all the time is because one, when you do that, when you give your all all the time, and it is, uh, and, and I'll say that for everybody, it's, it's an impulse for us to do that. Because we want to feel the burn. We want to feel it right away. It's exciting at first. So we want to keep doing it. There's this, there's this, uh, uh, there's this, this, uh, conceptual model that I have that is basically a vicious cycle. And it starts with this, this, with the dream that you have, right? That you have this dream and you start taking action on that dream. 
And when you do so impulsively or without a plan or while giving into this idea that you have to give your all all the time, one of the things that we want to do is we want to make sure we feel it right away. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, and, and because we're excited, we want to give everything we've got right away. We want to give it all. I mean, it's exciting. It actually sends us into a honeymoon phase where we enjoy the journey for a while and we enjoy giving our all up until a point where we burn out. And that's the first problem with giving your all all the time is that it leads to burnout. Even though you want to do it, this is the hard, this is the really, the, the hardest part about, uh, about giving that 80% instead is that at the beginning, it's going to feel counterintuitive. It's not going to feel comfortable. It's going to feel, you know, a little bit too easy for you because you're going to be like, you're going to be doing this thing that you're doing, whether it be, you know, starting to run or, or, you know, starting a business or something like that or, or whatever it may be. And you're giving 80% and you're, and you're basically saying, okay, that's enough. I don't want to, I, I, I shouldn't give any more so that I could have the capacity to recover and rebuild. That's one of the important parts, and that helps you to avoid the burnout. And instead of, instead of, of, um, you know, and, and when you, and when you stop giving that 110% all the time or giving your all all the time, what happens is you actually notice something pretty miraculous. The same kind of thing that Mark Allen noticed is that you start to create more energy than you deplete. You actually build more capacity than you use and you make gradual and significant progress over time. And, and so that's, that's how your 80% effort becomes somebody else's 110% effort because you are gradually building your capacity. Whereas if you're giving your all, all the time and constantly pushing as hard as you can, you're hitting this brick wall of 110% and trying to push farther. And that is an act of willpower and willpower doesn't last. Discipline lasts. Discipline happens within that 80% range. Willpower happens beyond that 100% range. You want to avoid the world of willpower and stay in the domain of discipline. See what I mean? That's how you avoid the burnout. That's how you get better. That's how you continuously improve. That's how the people that are achieving amazing results now are achieving them. Not by pushing 110% all the time, but by giving 80% consistently. That's how they're achieving it. And then the second thing that happens, uh, second reasons you want to not give your all all the time is because when you start to, when you keep going through that vicious cycle of burnout and, and, uh, and, and complacency and giving up and all of that stuff, you start to doubt your abilities. You give into your mindset. Your mind begins to uh, reinforce this idea that you can't achieve your goals uh, because you are not uh, making the progress that you want to make. You know, when you hit that plateau, when you're giving everything you have um, and, and you're burning out and your willpower runs out, that's when you realize this immense amount of demoralization. And it leads you to believe that like, wow, it just, this just isn't for me. I'm not going to achieve it. And it's not because you're not capable. It's just because you were giving too much. You're pushing too hard too soon. And we don't have the governor within us to tell us when to stop. We have to actually be deliberate about it. 
And we have to, we have to, we have to do that. So in order to do that, this is where planning helps, you know, plan your days out to give 80%, plan your days out to give, uh, uh, to not give your all schedule in the rest that you need to make sure you're getting that recovery, to make sure you're getting that adaptation. Because it's when you can actually step back from the work that you're doing, whether it be in fitness or whether it be in business or what, whatever it may be in, when you give yourself the capacity and the space to take a step back, that's where you have the, uh, the ability to reset and, and rebuild. Um, that's where flow comes from. Within the, the flow, flow is not a, a constant, the idea of being in flow is not a constant state of, of working and just feeling in the zone constantly. No, it is a balance. It's actually a micro cycle of like getting it, uh, of building momentum, getting to this peak phase and then taking a rest. It's like, it's like micro cycles of a bigger macro cycle that comes into each day where it's like, it's, it's kind of a growing sine wave where you're, you know, where, where you build that momentum, you peak and then you, you recover and then you peak again, you recover. So it's more like a sine wave that's going upward. Um, and it's not a linear line that's going upward. That's what we're led to believe is that this, this idea that, that, uh, uh, that if we give all our all the, all the time, it's going to be a a linear progression. No, that's not the case. We have to be deliberate, plan out, schedule our rest, and make sure that we're we're building it into our lives. And that's the way that you can actually make sure that you're continuing on that progress and reflecting on it, and understanding that you don't have to doubt your abilities. So I talked I've talked in the past about the uh, vision and reflection funnel. Because one of the ways in which you can, you can start to rise above doubting your abilities and, and start to really recognize that you can achieve great things is to reflect on not just the daily wins, but the daily wins, the weekly wins, the quarterly wins, and of course, the yearly wins. Look at what you've accomplished. A lot of times those just go into the ether and we forget about them. But if you bring them to top of mind, you can create these points of reference and say, yeah, I've achieved that. I can achieve this also. And instead of, instead of having to look, now when you're looking at your vision, instead of having to constantly spend all your time frustrated that you're not at the top of the staircase where you want to be, you can actually work your way backward down to the very next step and focus intently on that. And as you work each step, where each small step, and that small step might be something simple today. Like write a letter to, or write an email letter. Who am I? This is not 1960. We write an email to somebody that you need to, to get a hold of or, or make that phone call. That might be that small step that you need to take in the direction of your dream. Focus obsessively on that. That will help you to rise above doubting your abilities and you'll start to believe in yourself again. And then eventually over time, you'll get to that point where you are at the very step below your dream. And then you just have to take that next step. And then the final thing I want to share with you that is one of the reasons you need to stop uh, giving your all all the time is that you, you know, that you have failed to achieve your true potential when you do that. Even if you continue to push well beyond, you know, your 110% and you're somehow able to maintain that, you are sacrificing a gift. 
You're sacrificing a gift because you're not giving yourself the capacity to explore a greater vision. Part of being a visionary as if you, and, and if you are an achiever or an aspiring achiever, that's part of it is being a visionary. If you want to be a visionary, you have to give yourself the time to visualize and the capacity to visualize. That requires space. So if you're pushing yourself constantly, you're not giving yourself that, that space. And therefore, you're, you're, you're not reaching what your true potential really is. We reach our true potential when we're able to give ourselves the space to breathe, to consider what's next, to expand our vision, to expand our reach, to find the right people to surround ourselves with, to, to build the relationships, to enjoy life, to have the adventure. That's where we build it. Your true potential exists in all of the exciting things you do. And this is, a, this is one of those things that is counterintuitive too. Because over the, la- the, over the last many decades, um, and this is only recently beginning to change, and thank God it's beginning to change. But in the last many decades, we've been conditioned to believe by our superiors that working hard, working as hard as we can, Giving 110% is the, is the way that you show yourself that you're, you have a strong work ethic. Think about that for a second. Working yourself to death is a good work ethic. Not giving yourself the capacity or, or the grace to think or consider or dream or do or, or enjoy life is a good work ethic. That's, that's, I mean, just listen to the ridiculousness of that statement. You have to find that capacity within yourself to really contribute to the world what you can contribute. And this is the thing that giving your all, even in, even in the face of contribution of, of, of wanting to give more to the world, giving your all is not of service to, to anyone. It doesn't serve anyone, but giving yourself the capacity to, uh, to think and to rest and to recover and to rejuvenate and to rebuild, do all the re's. That is where you can give the most contribution. Because again, your 80% will become everybody else's 110%. So don't feel guilty about taking the time. Don't feel bad about giving yourself space to think because you're not neglecting your dreams in that time. You're actually contributing to them. So continue to dream big. Continue to give yourself the space to dream bigger. And pursue those dreams at 80%. Give yourself the capacity to grow. So thank you for joining me today. And I hope to see you next time. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do, and I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.